Today, I'm going to talk to you about something you're all very familiar with. Something that most of you are experiencing right now as we speak. Relationships. In life, we look at relationships like the social norm. Nature, and some people even think of them like fate. We view relationships from completely different perspectives, depending on the person. From perspectives that are beautiful and elegant experiences to something that people may view them as horrible and tragic ones. Some of us vision a relationship like the highlight of the world, indulging in every romantic aspect possible, while others focus on getting through the years and just trying to survive it. I think it's safe to say that relationships in general are complicated. So what about you? What were your experiences? Positive? Negative? What if I told you I already know the answer to that question? What if I told you that most of you in this room are struggling in your relationship right now? Does it seem hard to believe? Now, just because you struggle in your relationship doesn't mean that you'll fail at it. Some will recover fast, and some will struggle indefinitely till the very end of their existence. What if I said you don't have to struggle? What if I said that struggling was a choice that you choose to make in your relationship, and you just might not be aware of it? Does that get your attention? When What you see in the relationship around you doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the relationship is actually like. It's so common in this day and age to blend in and try to hide the fact that you just got done having a 20-minute argument right before the dinner party. People are even calling this nature. It's nature to do this. Ask yourself this. Is it nature to hide behind a mask? Is it nature to store negative negativity toward your partner and pretend that you're happy? I think you'd be surprised how many people hide behind these masks. You all know who you are. This is what I see. I see that the, the divorce rate in the United States is 42% and rising. That means almost half of you in this room who are married will get divorced. Those who get remarried have a 60% chance to get divorced again. And the third marriage is a whopping 73%. Relationships are complicated. The stats are right there. I think it's safe to say that our country is struggling romantically. But how much can these statistics really justify truth in something as complicated as relationships? How can statistics put a hundred different types of relationships into one category and just call it one thing? We live in a world of complete and utter diversity. It almost seems like we ignore our differences and seek these social standards, which is essentially what everyone else is doing. It's almost as if our minds are so set on the Disney version of love, where Prince Charming comes and rescues his princess and... They live happily ever after, and our brains somehow interpret this idea as a permanent result. I'm not sure if we were watching the same movies, but when they first get together, that's when the movie ends. And so, this idea of this permanent happiness is so unrealistic, because it doesn't end there. That's not when the movie is supposed to end. Most of you in this room have a perfect or close to perfect relationship. In the beginning, guess what that phase is called? That's the fairy tale phase.
coincidence, right? Now, what makes the social standard bad? I suppose that's the real question here. I mean, how diverse can relationships be? As you can see, we have many different types of long-term relationships in 2019. We have monogamous relationships, polyamorous relationships, gay relationships, BDSM, open, closed, long distance, online. We even have religious-based relationships. Not only that, but there has been scientific discoveries that show the many different sexualities that exist today. And these sexualities determine what the individual feels is attractive, desirable, or romantic. So the question is, which of these relationships are the statistics referring to? All of them, perhaps? The state sees marriage as one thing, an act of commitment. Religions often share this proceeding, an act of commitment for life. But these statistics don't do anything for us because we're not able to determine which types of relationships they're referring to. Which is exactly why we ignore diversity. We have been placed into one category, commitment. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I'm normal, so I'm probably going to be okay, right? Well, don't be so quick to judge. I think a majority of the problem is most people don't even know who they are. Many normal, quote-unquote, people won't explore things like BDSM because they fear judgment. But BDSM is more common than you think. Being kinky is more common than you think. I'll show you. Everybody, please close your eyes for just a moment. This is your chance to be honest. This is your chance to, to take that mask off and show the world who you are. Now, will everybody please raise their hand if you have ever spanked someone or have been spanked in the bedroom? Okay, good. good. Leave your hands up. Leave your hands up, please. Now, raise your hands if you have ever enjoyed kneeling at your partner's feet or enjoyed your partner kneeling at yours. Good. Now, open your eyes and look around. This is BDSM. It is astonishing how natural this is, yet it strays from standard and is deemed unhealthy and abnormal. Yet when the masks are removed, everyone has experienced a small portion of this lifestyle. Now aside from sexual lifestyles, which clearly vary from person to person, let's not forget that there are also different sexualities. Now I'm sure many of you know the most common sexualities which are gay, straight, and bisexual. But do you know more? In fact, do you have any idea how much there actually are? There are 24 different types of sexualities that exist in relationships today. Now, when I first learned about all the different sexualities, I laughed. I literally laughed and thought, how preposterous is this? First, we have 34 genders, and now we have sexuality disorders. Our country is pretty messed up. How judgmental of me, right? To think that my way is the only way. Now, while I was reading this, my partner was on her knees, kneeling at my bedside with her hands bound and blindfolded. You see the dilemma there? 
Although I don't fall into the category of the typical standard with my lifestyle, I still thought I fell into that category of normal in my sexuality. And even I fell for it. It's hard to see clearly when everyone around you is following the same belief and understanding of what's right and what's wrong. In the BDSM world, we call this one true wayism. Those who think that there's only one way to do something. And when someone tries to explain something to you about straying from what you perceive as normal, it's difficult. They close their minds because it exceeds their mental barrier of what that person defines to be acceptable, which strays from the normal standard of thinking. But not me. Not on this day. I removed my barriers. I saw it, and my eyes were opened. And it was at that moment I actually decided to read all the sexualities with an open mind. As I scrolled down through them, they still seemed really odd to me as I couldn't relate or understand how most of them are able to even feel this way because some of them seemed very odd until I came across this sexual identity called demisexual and I read it. My brain was so stimulated from this one sentence it left such an impact that I literally changed the way that I view everything about relationships today. It had that much of an impact on my life. And I read the following. A demisexual can only experience sexual attraction after a deep or romantic bond has been developed between the two. What? Now this made me think. This made me question. How many of these people in the world who are loyal in their relationship to the ends of the earth are actually just demisexuals? It's much easier for demisexuals to be loyal because they, they literally don't have a sexual desire to other men or women unless they first develop a deep emotional or romantic connection with them. Now, all of you women can be completely naked right now, here in this room, and a demisexual would not be attracted to you. And those of you out there who are heterosexuals are thinking, what? That's not even possible. It's nature to be attracted, because that is the standard thought. While all you demisexuals out there are saying, that makes sense. And the only reason I didn't laugh at this one is because it was describing me, and I couldn't deny that. From that day, I immediately opened my eyes and began viewing not just my relationship, but all relationships around me a little bit differently. So I studied it. I studied myself. And after extensive research, I fully accepted that I am demisexual and went public with my friends and my family about my discovery, about my sexuality. After doing so, I received many questions. The most common was probably, what about porn? Have you ever found attraction in porn? Well, sort of, I said. The only way I have been able to receive any desire towards other women is if they look similar to the love of my life. At that point, my brain is able to say, meh, close enough. <laughs> and my imagination really just does the rest, puts the rest together, and I kind of just pretend it's her. So if I did desire to look at porn, I could find pleasure in it, but there's no point because my partner is always and will always be the ultimate desire for me. 
So by simply discovering this small thing about myself really helped me answer a lot of unanswered questions with my behavior, my sexual behavior. I used to believe that those times I did pursue to look at other women with through porn or things of that nature. The fact that I would have to find one, a woman that looked so similar to her in order to derive pleasure from it, I thought that was because I loved her so much. And now this makes me question love. My whole adult life, I watched relationships fall around me as mine succeeded and outlasted theirs. Granted, most of theirs were due to cheating, and it wasn't really a fair competition considering my sexuality. But through the, those years, I was never able to understand how men and women were so foolish as to cheat on their spouse. I perceived it as a lack of control, or just plain weakness. I would consistently find myself putting my relationship into a special category, because I thought my loyalty was the reason that I never had the desire to cheat on my spouse. I realized I'm not part of a special category. I'm just part of a smaller category of people who aren't part of the social standard in regular society in regards to sexuality. And because my partner is heterosexual, who does have attraction towards men, my response to that was to feel more loyal than her, because I had no attraction to women. Yet she still had attraction to other men because she's heterosexual. She is attracted to males. And I am not attracted to females. I'm attracted to her. And only her. I've spent my whole life pretending to be attracted to others. When men would say, hey, check that girl out. I would nod my head and say, yup, she's hot. Just because I was hiding behind the same mask most of you hide behind to feel normal. When I look at human nature, I always look deeper now. I've learned that in 2019, human nature regarding relationships varies by person. It's almost as if human nature doesn't even exist anymore. We're so stuck on normal, what's right or wrong. We spend our time focusing on everyone else's life around us instead of being who we're meant to be and accepting others for who they want to be. Relationships are complicated. There's no doubt about that. At 100 divorces every single hour in the United States, it's clear to see that this is a problem. But I don't know about you. But this is not a standard that I plan on pursuing. So that's what I did. I made the choice to break the habit and improve my relationship by creating my own standards and discovering myself my own way and helping the love of my life find their own way. We live by ignoring opinions of everyone else around us with a lot of understanding, a lot of communication, bonding and exploring together as a team. We have truly discovered a happiness that I couldn't even imagine exists in life. We discovered ourselves. And for those of you who don't know anything about our lifestyle, which is BDSM, I'll give you a bit of information about who we, how we discovered who we were and who we became. Just to humor you and show you how far from the norm I have actually come in this, these past eight years. BDSM is essentially consensual slavery in my branch of BDSM, which is 24-7 romantic BDSM. That means we live this all the time. Both parties desire it. One desires to submit and one desires to command. In my life, there's no such thing as arguments or conflict or tension between us. And this is due to the enormous amount of communication and high protocol which takes place. 
if there's any issues in my, if there's any issues, it's my responsibility to remediate and prevent it. I own my partner and she submits and serves me as if I am a king. She follows protocol, which I created. She eats what I tell her to eat, dresses how I tell her to dress. Essentially, she is at my complete and utter disposal. But these protocols are not just for me. I don't take advantage of such a beautiful gift which she has given me. My protocol also benefits her. Or both of us as a whole, together. This is done by having her wear appropriate clothing. Eating healthy. And essentially removing stress from her life completely. When she does good, I reward her with things she desires and loves. Whether it be small things like cuddling or attention, maybe a movie to larger things like sexual desires or fantasies or role play. But when she does bad, I correct her, and my form of correction is very necessary and often painful, yet safe methods of discipline. But don't get stuck on that. Make no mistake. She receives as much love, romance, passion, and care as she could possibly withstand, especially because she's almost always good. She almost always behaves. She wears a collar around her neck, which is essentially a wedding ring in the BDSM world. I offered it to her three years in her submission, which was eight years ago, and she accepted it. To us, it's much more important than marriage, because for someone like us, trusting someone to guide your life, giving you the ability to destroy you, and trusting that you won't is the most beautiful sacrifice in the world. And it really motivates the dominant or master to recognize that trust and continuing to put effort into the relationship to make sure that it's a gift that's still deserved. Once she accepted a permanent caller, we gained the titles master and slave, a lifetime of high protocol servitude, domination, and health. Now, I can honestly say I know who I am. So who are you? Thank you for your time.